This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, September 18th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. The police power is generally reserved to the states, and even there, state and local officials are limited in the degree to which they may restrict individuals' activities. In his contribution to the Cato Institute's new Pandemics and Policy, Ilya Shapiro provides details about what state and local officials ought to be doing to respect liberty as they work to stem the spread of COVID-19. When we tally up what governments, state and local governments, uh, and to a lesser extent, the federal government, uh, the actions that they've taken in response to this pandemic, what in what comes to mind when you think of the most egregious examples of uh, violating Americans' rights? Again, understanding that this is a very extraordinary time in America. Right. Well, first, you have to recognize that this is all under the rubric of state police powers, which doesn't have anything to do with the men and women in blue. It's kind of the authority to make law for public health and safety. Uh, And some of the egregious things are delineating essential and non-essential services and products. You can buy uh, uh, plants or or vegetables, but not seeds. Uh, or roping off certain lines in the grocery stores and, and not others, rather than maintaining the flow of people in them. Kind of these, you know, if we're trying to maintain physical distancing or uh, these other kinds of restrictions that we've all been used to, um, then allowing a drive-through uh, liquor store but not a, a drive-through outdoor church service uh, makes no sense whatsoever. So, uh, in if these delineations are improper. Uh, what guidance should people be taking, uh, that is, elected lawmakers and public health officials when it comes to trying to find out what is within their power, what can they actually do to prevent the spread of a disease and still stay within constitutional limits? Well, we have to remember there are both federal constitutional limits and the states themselves have their own constitutional limits. That is, from the U.S. Constitution, uh, that's about individual rights. So just because there's a pandemic doesn't mean that a state can uh, do away with uh, search warrants or uh, start regulating interstate commerce in the name of health and safety. Um, so uh, uh, you know, whether it's religious liberty or the Second Amendment, uh, courts have already, uh, during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, stepped in uh, and said, you know, you can't treat uh, gun stores differently than you're treating uh, stores for other kinds of consumer products, for example, uh, and the, the the outdoor church services have to be treated the same way as well. For the state uh, uh, limits, those are even greater, and uh, states uh, uh, limit what kind of emergency powers governments uh, uh, governors can have. Uh, they limit uh, who can exercise emergency powers. There are restrictions on uh, public health officials trying to close businesses. No, that has to be done by the governor or the or the legislature, uh, and so the the Constitution or the idea of uh, uh, limited government and enumerated powers, uh, individual rights, that doesn't get thrown out in a pandemic, even though courts will give broad deference to government actors uh, to do certain things to impose restrictions that would be anathema in normal times. Governors don't want to look like they're not doing anything. And overreaction is pretty natural, I would say, in in some of these cases, especially when you consider what the optics are of not overreacting. So that seems to pose its own difficulty. 
Sure. Uh, although it's a moving target. You know, we're six months into the pandemic now, and the types of measures that would be considered legitimate back in March or April uh, are no longer. We know that you can narrowly tailor rules that distancing uh, and the spread of the virus works differently indoors versus outdoors, uh, that ventilation and filtration is, is very important, um, that masks uh, can do something. So kind of draconian uh, across-the-board shutdowns, it's, it's hard to justify that sort of thing, uh, even though in the early uh, stages when we knew nothing about the virus or its transmission or who was being affected, um, you know, those things change. And that's that's understandable. It doesn't mean that the scope of our rights or the scope of government powers changes over time. It just means that uh, governments have to pass a certain smell test when exercising restrictions on people's uh, freedom. And as we learn more about uh, what's necessary or kind of the cost-benefit calculus, uh, so too uh, a legal or, or even moral evaluation of what the government is doing uh, can change as we learn more uh, about the virus. Have courts moved with uh, sufficient speed in dealing with this? Courts themselves have had uh, difficulties meeting. They've shut down for some purposes uh, during this pandemic. Well, we have federalism, and that's that's a beautiful thing. Uh, also, different states, different localities even, can react differently given uh, the differing facts uh, on the ground. And uh, a rural state uh, might have different needs and different types of regulations, different businesses for that matter, uh, and different court operations than, than urban states. Uh, a lot of uh, courts have moved to uh, virtual hearings. Uh, a lot of them have now even resumed jury trials. I guess they space out where the jurors sit and, and things like that. Um, and so courts have become more adaptable. The speeding up of digital filings. Now, a lot of courts already had the ability uh, to allow counsel to make their uh, filings uh, electronically. Well, now even more are, are, are doing so uh, to facilitate um, the, the wheels of justice uh, uh, turning. And courts, again, they, they're, they're deferential. They don't want to uh, do something that will harm people at the end of the day. That's not their job. That's the police power is inherent in the elected representatives to govern and legislate for the health and safety. But they have not hesitated to uh, push back on state governments or governors uh, assuming powers that are not in their state constitution or mayors treating willy-nilly uh, certain disfavored rights uh, or what have you. So I think we've, we've had kind of a similar uh, dance or a similar checking and balancing uh, during the pandemic that we have in normal times. Ilya Shapiro is publisher of the Cato Institute's annual Supreme Court Review, out now. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.